the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. John and I, WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. For boosted parlays, the in-game odds on every major sport. WinBet is what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $500 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. Russell brought to you by ProudSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive it the $500 of bonus cash. It's ProudSwap.com, promo code SGP. Russell brought to you by PixWise. PixWise is the number one app for spree, sports betting picks, props, and parlays. Download the free PixWise app now to make your next bet better. Russell brought to you by Odds Crowd. Are you the best football better in the United States? Odds Crowd challenges you to prove it with their free-to-play fantasy betting contest every week there's a free 350 nfl contest and a free 250 contest just head to oddscrowd.com to sign up last but not least we're brought to you by the sgpn app do not forget to download the sgpn app guys you're home for all of our free picks and podcasts And welcome, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It's your host, ZB. We're coming into you guys Wednesday morning, September 15th. I believe we are 34 days out from the start of the NBA season, so things are heating up here. Training camp about to start soon. Joined by Munaf, the Vegas Golden Knight, <laughs> NFL Prop King. Munaf, how are you, bro? I'm doing well, man. It's uh, it's been a it was a fun weekend in Vegas, and we'll get to that in a second. But um, yeah, man, we're just grinding away, like you said. You know, NFL's underway. We're about what a little over a month away from the NBA season and training camps getting underway for most of the teams. Um, sports is just going on, man. It, it's been crazy, man. I haven't talked to you in a while. I know we're we're going to be gearing up for NBA stuff, but uh, how's everything going with you? Everything's going well. And, yeah, I think uh, definitely starting to lock in more for the NBA. We have some more news trickling and some of these extensions getting done. So we will definitely talk about that. Plan for today's show. We're going to run you guys through our projected seating for the regular season in the Eastern Conference. We'll do the West next week. Um, and we're also going to catch up on some news. But first, Munaf, you were just out in Vegas, some of the SGP crew. I know it was your first time meeting everyone in person. I, I wish yeah. I could be out there. But yeah. uh, what, what were some of the highlights of the trip and uh, how, how was it out there? Yeah, man. I mean, it's, uh, I got in around Thursday evening, uh, missed the first half of the Dallas and the Bucks game, but got, got landed. I went straight to the hotel and then I had to record a podcast with uh, our man, Dan Titus for the Propcast show. So I did that. And then I got to meet everybody on, uh, on Saturday for college football. I met, uh, obviously Sean and Ryan, uh, Colby was out there. Uh, we had uh, Scott Bowser, friend of the show, Cousin Mush, uh, Boston Capper, the Golf Gambling Podcast, uh, Go Bear, Go Bearcats, a, a frequent contributor in the uh, SGPN Slack channel, um, Terrell Furman, our our, our guy, um, college football, college basketball, a frequent contributor. Also, um, it, it was great putting a, a lot of uh, uh, faces to the voices and the names, you know. And yeah. it's uh, the funny part was is that I thought you know Sean was a little. Uh, it was taller than I expected him to be because I guess when you're watching them record and things like that, he looks like the shorter <laughs> one. 
but then it turned out that Kramer, uh, Kramer's, uh, you know, a little shorter than I expected him to be, but I mean, you know, it it was great meeting those guys, you know, it was fun having some conversations, you know, class guys, um, just, just part, just happy to be part of the SGPN community, you know, met Boston capper with his, with this crazy Boston accent, you know, we were watching the Patriots game on, on Sunday and, uh, you know, he was, uh, Sharding McCorkle this, McCorkle that, you know, for Mac Jones. And uh, it, it was just fun to be around the guys. And um, we may have something planned for March. Hopefully we can get more of the DGENs out there and get to meet uh, more, of the, uh, more of the faces of our Slack channel and our community. But it was a lot of great times, great conversations. I had a great dinner Saturday night with everyone. So it, it was a lot of fun. Wow, that, that sounds amazing. And yeah, it's really, it truly is incredible how this thing has built up. I mean, I started with SGPN in uh, 2015. Yeah. And I, I haven't met mostly people in person, but the community is so strong, even online. And what, what Sean and Ryan have built with, uh, you know, a nation of DGENs, uh, yeah. it's pretty awesome. And having the Slack channel has definitely been huge. So if you're not in there, uh, sg.pn slash Slack, great way to interact with everybody um, and really just start keeping this community going. And it's really been fun. And Glad you got to be out there. Yeah. I know uh, you had a very successful week with your uh, prop betting in the NFL. I know you had the podcast with Dan, so you want yeah. to talk about that a little bit? I, it's maybe seven and one, but the one was even pretty close. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we put out a we, we dropped the first uh, regular season podcast for the Sunday games. Um, uh, unfortunately, our best bets went over two, but we gave out. We gave out 10 total picks and they went seven and three and three, uh, the two of the three losers were our best bets, but hopefully they followed the four and one. And then um, we didn't get, well, because of some scheduling stuff, we didn't get to do a Thursday night one, but I put out an article for the website that was went three and oh. But the one loss that I did have was by half a yard on a, on a Blake Jarwin uh, receiving props. I think I got it at 19 and a half uh, and he ended up with like 19 uh, receiving yards. So um, it, it, was a, it was a tough sledding, uh, for that, but you know, we're off to a pretty good start, uh, for the NFL propcast and then betting on props. We'll have another article out tonight, uh, for the uh, Thursday night game, which is tomorrow. And then Dan and I are recording tonight for Thursday night, and then we'll record again for, uh, NFL week two on Friday night. So look out for that. All right, let's go. And before we get to the NBA, I'm a big foodie. So I got to ask best thing you ate in Vegas this trip. Oh yeah. So I had put out a tweet. I'm, I'm a, I, I love burgers and wings, like burgers. I'll try any type of burger from anywhere. Okay. So I had put out a tweet on, uh, on my Twitter about a few weeks back before we we're going to get into Vegas. And I asked some of the local people that I've either had conversations on Twitter or, or Minty that's been on our couple of our podcasts and, um, another couple of guys that I've, I've, I've had conversations with i said okay where's the best burger in town and got a couple of responses but it was more of the like the local people that saw the tweet and they told me to check out a place called uh fuku burger and it's it's kind of off the strip so if you are renting a car or if you want to pay for the uber or ride or whatever uh it it was a really really good burger it's kind of a i guess a japanese infused burger where they put like so there's so many different toppings that they put in Mm. like eight different selections so (laughs) Yeah, if you're out in Vegas, definitely check out Fuku Burger. Uh, I think they have two locations, um, one on Buffalo Highway and that other one's kind of maybe like five or ten minutes from the strip. But I, I had rented a car, so, I, uh, you know, I'm a foodie too, so I like going to more of the local spots versus being on the strip. But, yeah, that's one place I definitely recommend you trying. Make sure to get there early because that they had – they open at 1130, and then by the time it was like 12, 1230, they had a line out the door, so you probably want to get there early. 
there we go. I mean, yeah, love lo the food, love the food out west, especially. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, can't wait to be back in Vegas. Sounds like a great trip. But you also have some hometown news as well. Kind of a, the big NBA story out of the last couple of days is that yeah. the Houston Rockets are going to be working with John Wall to find another home. Um, obviously, carries a ton of money on that contract. I think yeah. it's definitely a negative value contract at this point. Mm -hmm. You know, he, you're, you're probably going to have to give, give something up to get off of him. And at this stage, a lot of teams are kind of set up and to trade for a $44 million player typically going to require you kind of blowing up some of your team. So what do you think of this John Wall situation? And can Houston find a trade partner or is this headed to a buyout similar to the Blake Griffin situation, similar to what we saw with maybe with Kevin Law? We, we don't know what's going on with Kevin Love either, yeah. but um, how, how do you think this shakes out for John Wall in Houston? Yeah, I think exactly when we did the offseason, um, I think the wrap-up show for, for the last season and we were talking about the Rockets, and I had said that, they're going to have to find a way to probably move John Wall because of the direction that this team was going, right? Rebuilding with Jalen Green and and uh, Josh Christopher they picked up and just kind of the young movement, Kevin Porter Jr., another guy. So um, it just didn't make sense to have a veteran guy like John Wall on this roster where he could go help a contender. And I think this this news uh, dropped later than I thought uh, than it would. But uh, from what I've read from the local guys, uh, the guys that kind of write for the athletic and, and the Chronicle and um, uh, Kelly, who's a, who we've talked about on this show, there's a writer for the athletic. He's saying that the Rockets uh, and John Wall met, they said they're going to work together on a buyout or sorry, a, a trade and they're not in a rush to do it. Right. They're going to want to make the right move. And like you said, Zach, that, it's going to have to be something that the Rockets may have to give up, whether it's a pick or a couple picks to move that contract, because yep. I believe next season he has like $47 million player option. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be tough. It's real tough to move that contract. And, and it worked out for the Westbrook trade because they pretty much have the same type of money on their contract. So um, he's the reports are that he's going to start training camp. Um they're going to work with him. So I'm guessing, you know, John Wall, is he's taking that professional approach of, hey, let me approach the management team. Let, let's work on something for me to go help a contending team because the the movement that the Rockets are in with rebuilding and, and the young guys that they have on the roster just kind of makes sense for John Wall to kind of move on. And I think the teams that they probably want to look at, and I think Kendrick Perkins had said it the best, was either going to be the Clippers, the Pelicans, or um, – the Sixers are probably the other teams that kind of make sense. So that's, I guess that's where kind of where we are with John Wall and the Houston Rockets. Yeah. The Sixers are the first team that comes to mind to me for me, just because they kind of need any sort of normal point guard. Yeah. And look, John Wall averaged 20 points, eight assists last year. I mean, he, he is older and his av availability is of a major concern, but he still has the ability to put up numbers and, to play with a big man like Joel Embiid, I think he could be a really intriguing pick and roll, pick and roll partner, and at least normalize their offense. You know, with the ball in his hands, yeah. and you combine that with the fact that Ben Simmons is the biggest kind of name on the trade block right now, and he's someone who makes enough money that he could be a starting point for a trade. Now, obviously, Houston would have to send out more money in that in that or more assets in that sure. trade. Mm -hmm. You know, Ben Simmons worth more than John Wall at this stage, but I think that could be a really interesting fit and. John Wall, I think, is somebody who could, if healthy, uh, fit in really nice in Philly. Um, so I think Philly's an interesting, interesting piece there. New Orleans, that would be kind of crazy to me. I mean, they yeah. they they struck out on Kyle Lowry. Do you bring in another older point guard to pair with Zion? 
I don't know. Um, but that, that contract is just so inhibitive to making any sort of normal trade just because of how much money he makes. I think Clippers are another team that make a lot of sense also. But again, if you probably have to kind of figure out the money because you already have two max players on that roster and do yeah. they have enough money to kind of make those, that, that type of move. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, I think we already hit the nail on the head that, that they were going to move on from John Wall eventually, whether it was going to be prior to the season or before the trade deadline coming up for next season. So we'll see where he kind of ends up, but um, you know, he looked good last season. I mean, I know they shut him down last year because of the whole knee is, uh, issue or, or, you know, the draining of the knee they had to do. And it didn't make sense for him to play either, right? Because the Rockets were already pretty much quote unquote tanking and trying to get a top three, top four pick in the draft. So I think like you mentioned that he was still averaging 20 points per game, uh, a guy that still showed flashes of the old John wall, where he can get to the basket, finish around the basket, uh, get to the free throw line. So I think yeah, that, that intrigue of him and Joel Embiid will be interesting. And and now it's going to be a, if it is between the Sixers and the Rockets, it's going to be interesting because we have now former GM yeah. Daryl Morey versus Raphael stone now. So um, we'll see what happens, man. Uh, but I'm glad that they kind of came to that understanding and they handled it in a very professional way. And what's interesting is I didn't even realize the Clippers, the Clippers do have a lot of mid-sized contracts that could be paired together to make this deal work. Uh, yeah. They they have Eric Bledsoe. We for, kind of forgot about that at 18 million. Marcus Morris at 16 million. Luke Kennard still making 13 million for four more years. How about that? Yeah. Uh, Serge Ibaka at another 9 million and Ivica Zubac at another 8 million. So, they could easily get to the number to, uh, to, to make a move for John Wall. The question is, does Houston would Houston rather have a bunch of pieces to make up that big number or would they rather have just John Wall all in one? I think we saw with the Russell Westbrook trade, they kind of broke that contract up into a bunch of smaller pieces with, you know, KCP and Kuzma bringing those guys in. That was one strategy. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what Houston prioritizes. I think the flip side of this, and I definitely wanted to get your thoughts on this, that Houston seems to be committed to the idea of Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen Green playing together in the backcourt without a true point guard. And, to me, that that makes sense at this stage, just because they both need so many possessions with the ball in their hands that I don't know if it wouldn't necessarily work to have John Wall, who's someone who also needs the ball in his hands probably more than those guys, right. taking up other possessions away from Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen Green. Um, but they also are going to have to kind of survive on their own without a point guard to set them up. Are you excited about this pairing, or, or would you rather have seen them brought in a true point guard to kind of run this team and get those guys set up? Yeah, I think we're, as Rockets fans, we're more excited to see Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen Green play together in the backcourt as the starters, right? The concern, like you said, is that we don't have a maybe a true point guard um, like a John Wall or... DJ Augustine could be the starter. Yeah, he could. And he, yeah, he could also. I mean, he's a, he's a solid, you know, veteran backup yeah. that you have on this roster. And I mean, who knows? Is he, this Augustine could also be a guy that could be a trade piece at the at the trade deadline yeah. for a team that needs a backup point guard. But uh, I think more so the concern for me is has that the things that we heard about Kevin Porter Jr. when he was with uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers about having you know issues, whether it was mental issues or with the organization or personal issues, whatever that may be. Has he been able to kind of, you know, figure those things out and and you know, just just worry about playing basketball? I think that's one concern for me. But um, I think that he has a great mentor and John Lucas on the uh, bench for the Rockets. Yeah. A player development guy, a great uh, guy that kind of relates to the players. 
And we've seen the videos on Twitter with, you know, Kevin Porter Jr. putting in the work in the offseason. So I'm excited to see Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen Green in the backcourt. Hopefully Kevin Porter Jr. can take on that point guard duties for the Rockets. Um, it may be a little transition for him, but, you know, the, the excitement of your future of Kevin Porter Jr. where the Rockets pretty much got him for next to nothing. And then the number two overall pick with Jalen Green paired with, you know, Jay Sean Tate, Christian Wood, uh, that, that's going to be really exciting, you know, going forward for the Rockets to build upon. Yeah, and we've seen Steven Silas create that offense in Dallas with Luca sure. at point guard. So he's yeah. no he's no he's no kind of a foreigner to turning a bigger guard into a into a point guard. Uh, I think the, the question is, you know, is Jalen Green, I think, is somebody who is is a true two guard, but he's gonna want a lot of possessions of pick and roll. Uh, mm-hmm. Kind of like a Zach Levine asking, as is as is Kevin Porter Jr. I think we did see Kevin Porter Jr. show that ability to move the ball yeah. off pick and roll and really get a lot of assists. So hopefully Jalen can do that as well. Who who kind of to you is the alpha of this backcourt going into? Is is it Jalen Green, the high profile rookie, or Kevin Porter Jr., the guy who's proven it a little bit more but comes in with a little bit less pedigree? Yeah, I think it has to be your number two overall pick, right, Jalen Green. I think the hype has kind of really been behind him. We saw in the first couple of games of Summer League of what he's capable of. Um, and, you know, him being such a high draft pick, a guy that they're going to want to build around, I, I think that's where the hype is going to be or or the guy that you kind of want to focus your offense on is going to be Jalen Green. So, um, you know, I think it's still kind of unknown what we're going to expect from Kevin Porter Jr. I mean, yeah, he had a 50-point game last season, but – it's yeah. going to just be really interesting the development that he and these guys are still really young man i mean they're like what 18 19 20 21 years old they still oh, have yeah. a lot of they still have a lot of development so um it'll be interesting to see but i think yeah your focus has to be on on jalen green because he's coming in with a chip on his shoulder and um it's going to be exciting to see i'm really excited for the rockets in the future not expecting a lot this upcoming season but the future looks really really bright the future looks very bright, and I'm I'm excited for Stephen Silas. I mean, he yeah. he got really an unfair shake last year. I think he seems like a phenomenal coach, phenomenal guy, and yeah. w- what he had to go through last year with James Harden kind of controlling that situation uh, was unfair for a first year head coach. So, looking forward to seeing him with a bona fide offensive group. Your before we move on, and the, the the Rockets are exciting. So you know, don't think we're just doing this for Moon up as <laughs> as a homer. Your your projected starting lineup for the Houston Rockets this season. Ooh, okay, let's go. Uh, I think it will be it will be Kevin Porter, KPJ, Jalen Green, Christian Wood, Jay Sean Tate. Um, do you put Aaron Gordon in that starting or Eric Gordon in that starting lineup? Um, yeah, I think I'll go with Eric Gordon. I don't think that's going to be a guy that's going to be coming off your bench. So I think those are my five. There we go. You heard it from the man itself, the Houston man. Let's take a quick break, and then we're going to move on to some other news uh, from around the NBA. Today's episode is brought to you by WinBet. Ready to win money and boost your odds. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting, casino play, exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get into all your favorite teams, players, and sports from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. For boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, we have what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free $500 sports bet. 
Download BetWin, download the WinBet app now, or visit wynnbet.com to start winning today. All right, coming back off the break, before we get to our East Earned Conference standings, news out of Denver, Aaron Gordon uh, signs a, a four-year extension with the Nuggets. I can kind of start on this one. I mean, I think yeah. it's a... It's an interesting number. I mean, I think the, the people's opinions of Aaron Gordon are very varied across the league mm-hmm. um, or across kind of the NBA f- uh, fan base. He's a guy who has put up some numbers in his career, um, but never really taken the leap to being a true offensive superstar. In theory, he's a the kind of guy who can maybe match up with a Kawhi Leonard or a Kevin Durant in the playoffs and be that lockdown wing defender. We haven't really seen it, and we kind of got robbed of it last year because Denver's – whole plans for the playoffs kind of fell apart when Jamal Murray went down. Now he's the kind of guy who in, in a, in a system like Orlando, he was putting up more numbers, came to Denver was super efficient playing with Jamal Murray, super lethal on, uh, you know, cutting, getting, doing the dirty work offensively played really well in that starting group, but didn't put up the numbers you might traditionally associate with a guy making this much money. Yeah. Um, and, and the whole wing defender thing is kind of up in the air right now. I mean, it's I mean, had some interesting discussions yesterday with friends about, you know, how valuable is wing defense when you know that a guy like your Kevin Durant or your Kawhi Leonard is going to go off for 35 in a playoff game regardless. Um, you know, can you even stop these guys at this point? And, and, and does that kind of prioritize offense over defense to keep up rather than try to get try to try to really stop somebody? Um, so I think this is a fascinating uh, contract. Um, yeah. and, and for Denver to kind of lock into this team, now they have to get the Michael Porter Jr. extension done. They have to try to get Jamal Murray back healthy, and this is kind of going to be their team. Yeah. Uh, you know, with, with, with Murray, Porter, Gordon, and obviously the MVP. Um, so I, I'm looking forward to seeing how he performs without Jamal Murray, and, and can he kind of take a leap and be one of these guys that stabilize the regular season for Denver? And I think he will only get better and more valuable um, when Jamal Murray does come back and being able to play off of him and the space that he provides. Uh, what did you think of this deal, and how do you think that Aaron Gordon is going to fit into the future of the Denver Nuggets because he's now officially a part of it? Yeah, I think it makes sense for the Denver Nuggets. I mean, he I think this is a guy that can be a great number three slash number four on your team, right? When Jamal Murray is healthy, right? Because yeah, it's gonna be the Joker number one and then Jamal Murray. But then you kind of look at Michael Porter Michael Porter Jr. is really the intriguing. We saw flashes of what this guy can be, right? And and Zach, we talked about when we kind of wrapped up the playoffs was that Michael Porter Jr. was getting off to really, really hot starts in that first quarter for him. It was going to be about being consistent throughout all four quarters, not just the first quarter where in the fourth quarter where the game, you know, it tightens up a little bit and you need baskets. You kind of need a guy like Michael Porter Jr. to step up. But, you know, Aaron Gordon, I think he's going to really have to help him on both sides of the uh, basketball. I mean, it sounds a little cliche, but not having Jamal Murray, you're going to have to get some type of scoring out of Aaron Gordon, whether that's going to be 15 to 17 points a night. And then um, rebounding wise, you know, he, he can rebound the basketball. Um, he, he's a guy that, that can, you know, like you said, play defense. I think kind of going back to the conversation of what you were has said that you had with your friends is that wing defense. I think that it's very, very difficult to stop guys like Kevin Durant and, you know, LeBron James, those type of players, Kawhi Leonard's type of players, but Having a wing defender, his job is probably to make their those guys' life as miserable as possible or 
as difficult as possible yeah. on a given night, right? I mean, they're going to get their buckets no matter what, but you just got to make their life difficult. And I think PJ Tucker probably did a pretty decent job of that against Kevin Durant in their series. But yeah. um, I, I think I think Aaron Gordon's probably going to have to step into that role of that, you know, trying to contain a guy like LeBron James or Kawhi Leonard when healthy if they get to the playoffs at that point. But I don't hate the signing. I like it. Um, you know, their team has great depth due to the Denver Nuggets. If we kind of take yeah. Jamal Murray out of the picture – Monte Morris, I think will probably be that maybe him or Compazzo. I get your thoughts on that. Who will be the starter? Um, and then, you know, Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, obviously you have the Joker and I really, really love the signing of the two greens, Jeff Green and Jamichael, uh, Jamichael Green. So, you know, this team is pretty much set up, you know, I like it. Marcus Howard's another guy that can, you know, be a good guy off the bench for you. Uh, and then Bo- Bones Highland that they drafted in this past draft. So um, I think Aaron Gordon will probably fit it nicely. I think that this offseason is going to be big for him and Mike Malone figuring out what his role is going to be and really integrating him on the offensive side. So um, when you pick up a guy like Aaron Gordon at the trade deadline, it's kind of difficult to kind of come in and, and be that guy because you don't have the reps and the practice and the chemistry with the other guys. But now that they have a full offseason and a training yeah. game, I think it'll, it'll uh, really bode well for Aaron Gordon. Yeah, and the Nuggets actually, they, they have gotten everybody back in town, starting with Nikola Jokic, who usually summers in Serbia, uh, actually was is in Denver right now, uh, working out with the team. So you'd love to see that culture for Denver. And, I, and I'm so glad you brought up P.J. Tucker, because that's exactly what this conversation I'm alluding to was surrounding is, did P.J. Tucker provide value to the Bucks in that series? Um, and I think the answer is resounding. Yes, I think he provided at extreme value. I'm very high on PJ Tucker, what he brings to the table, but he bothered KD. He exhausted KD. And, you know, KD, obviously, one of the best offensive playoff series we've ever seen, um, but he also did run out of gas in times of that series. And, and PJ did a better job than anybody else could have. Uh, we, we don't really know the counterfactual of what could have been. So I, I like the signing. I, I look forward to seeing Aaron Gordon get into the playoffs. Um, what else with Denver? Uh, where do you th- I'll put you on the spot here. Where do you, do you think they end up without Jamal Murray? Do they end up as a top three seed? Uh, I don't think they end up as a top. Three. I think they're going to be somewhere in that four to four, seven five. range. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think Utah and Phoenix still kind of have a stranglehold on the on the on those top two spots in the regular season. We'll see what the LA teams look like. I would put Denver right in the mix. I mean, they they could get to three, and they sure. had they got to three last year, missing Jamal Murray. The question that was slipping my mind, and I, I want to pose this to you because I think it presents an interesting theory in the NBA. Who would you rather have Aaron Gordon or Duncan Robinson? Uh, I'll probably go Aaron Gordon. I think, I think I'll go Aaron Gordon too. And I, yeah. I think it's interesting. And Duncan Robinson is someone who's held up on, on the defensive end at times. So you got to respect that aspect of it, but I still would take that athleticism and, and defense and, and yeah. Aaron Gordon brings that secondary playmaking as well. Mm-hmm. And, and the lethal shooting of Duncan Robinson is a, is a, very, very important skill set that Miami Heat are lucky to have. I, I would take Aaron Gordon over him. Now, Aaron Gordon got another year uh, or mm-hmm. one less year for about the same money, so getting paid more on an annual basis. But yeah. there's also the element that there, this new TV deal is supposed to kick up these salaries super high, yeah. uh, and I think that's coming in 2023, I believe. Um, yeah. So you're going to see you know, the year three and year four of this contract are going to look a lot better when this contract is locked in and you have these role players signing up. In, in the new TV money. So very interesting, but Denver does lock up Aaron Gordon. It turns the starting lineup. I think it's going to be Monte, Will Barton, Gordon, MPJ, and Jokic. And I, yeah. I like that lineup. And they, they, the lineup that has played a lot of minutes together outside of Gordon, uh, 
we'll see how he fits in. Anything else on Denver here? No, I, just so that you mentioned that uh, MPJ, Aaron Gordon, and Joker as your kind of your front court, um, they're going to be grabbing some rebounds, man. Uh, that that that's yeah. a pretty uh, a a tall front court and, and the guys that can really stretch the uh, or you know have length. That, that that's going to be a lot of fun to see. But I'm excited for the Nuggets, man. Yeah, I'm excited for everyone. I mean, it, there are. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll see this as we go through the standings, but every single team in the NBA outside of Orlando and OKC and Houston, yeah, I think is trying to be good next year. And it's going to be so fun on, on a nightly basis to, you know, bet these slates and, and kind of think about the playoff picture as it starts to emerge. But with that, let's take a quick break here and then we're going to come back and get to the Eastern Conference projections. Today's episode is brought to you by ProudSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Check out the new ProudSwap.com, which is packed with fresh features like filtering tickets based on value to find the best odds available. Browse the activity feed to stay in the know and a loyalty rewards program that turns sales into extra cash and much more. So use the promo code SGP on your first deposit and ProudSwap will match up to $500. If you love the sports bet, you need to be using ProudSwap because with ProudSwap, your bet doesn't need to win. It just needs to improve. When making your bets, always make sure to go for two. Make two tickets on the same team or player so you can sell one for a profit and keep one to leave yourself some skin in the game. Thousands of buyers across the country are shopping for tickets on ProSwap every day. So get started today by going to ProSwap.com or download the ProSwap app. ProSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. Today's episode is offered by Keeps. Keeps offers a simple, stress-free way to keep your hair with convenient virtual doctor consultations and medications delivered straight to your door every three months. You don't have to leave your home. It's low cost, guys. Treatment started just $10 per month and Keeps offers generic versions as well with discreet packaging and proven results and more five-star reviews than any of its competitors. Prevention is key. Treatments can take four to six months if you need them to see results. So act fast and get the prevention with Keeps. If you're ready to take action to prevent hair loss, go to K-E-E-P-S. That's keeps.com slash SGP to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's keeps.com slash SGP to get your first month free. Keeps.com, K-E-E-P-S.com slash SGP. Today's episode is all already by PixWise. PixWise, the number one app for sports betting picks helmed by a team of trend-watching, data-devouring sports fanatics, giving you the who, how, and why behind every prediction they've got for every game, every day, and every sport. Loaded with best bets, props, and parlays, you can find in-depth analysis on every game all for free. Found your pick? Search the latest sports promotions as well to sign up an account, compare odds, and finally, get down your bet. Download the free PixWise app now to make your next bet better. PixWise backs responsible gambling. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, coming back off the break. When I sent Moon off to the show notes, I did not know that we'd be doing a half hour of a breakdown before we got to this. <laughs> this is kind of the main part of the show, but we hey, haven't had a talk to her in a minute. <laughs> and, and look, when you have the Rockets and the Nuggets, uh, those are two teams that we could talk forever about. But yep. let's get right into it. I want to do this kind of split up in the tiers. So sure. with we have um, the five teams that miss everything. Then we have the two teams that are play in. Okay. Then we have the two teams in the seven, eight that are the play in slash playoff teams that have to kind of earn their way in. And then you have the top six that are safe. Um, so if you need to take a sec to kind of divide up your list to meet that, but we'll start it with you. you got Who, it. Go ahead. Yeah. We're going to go in reverse order here. Sure. 
who are your five teams from 15 to 11 who are going to miss the play-in entirely in the East? So obviously the three teams are Magic, Pistons, and Cavs. I think you can, we can agree on that for sure. Um, and you have them in, in that order? Yeah, so Magic 15, Pistons 14, and Cavs 13. Yep. Okay, same here. Okay, and then these are... Uh, it I'm got go, tough here. It gets yeah, tough here. Now this is where it gets tough. I'm going to go Raptors, and I'm going to go Wizards that missed the playoffs. Right, we're, we're, we're actually in lockstep here. I, I, oh, I have the Wizards at 12, I have the Raptors at 11. Yeah, or right, step, right there with you. So we agree with the bottom okay. five? We agree with the bottom five. I mean, l- l- let's break this down a little bit. I mean, yeah, I think I think the Cavs. I would maybe have, and we talked about this in our Central Division preview. I would maybe have them in a tier above the Pistons, and I would have the Pistons in a tier above the Magic as well. I think those yeah. teams are kind of all in. Maybe like you see, kind of they're all the Cavs are a year ahead of the Pistons, and the Pistons are a year ahead of the Magic in terms of their rebuild. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would kind of put them, but the Wizards and Raptors. I mean. I said this in the Slack channel. Masai Ujiri uh, said that the, the Raptors are not a team that's trying to win right now. I thought that was very interesting. Yeah. Uh, and they, they have a lot of young talent on this team. You know, you have a guy like a Pascal Siakam, a guy like a Fred Van Vliet. But when I was making these rankings, I was kind of trying to contextualize how good is that team? I mean, they, they don't really have a – they have a lot of pieces. But, right, we saw what taking Kawhi Leonard out of the mix uh, can do to this team. Now you take Kyle Lowry out of the mix again. I think – it will be another another drop down for them, mm-hmm. and the, with this Scotty Barnes, OG Ananobi, I mean, they have a lot of youth on this team. Malachi Flynn um, and, and Fred VanVleet and Pascal Siakam are on the younger side as well. Um, I think this could be a team that's headed it, and they're a smart organization, right? Yeah, this is a good year to not be that good. If you're a team like Toronto, you can't honestly look yourself in the mirror and say that we're you know an Eastern Conference Finals contender uh, with, with the talent up and down this conference. So. I, I think it would be a good year for them to take a step back. And you already see Mas- Masai Ujiri kind of speaking in that direction. So this is a team that I initially was going to put in the play-in, maybe even an eight seed, but eventually drop them back down into missing everything entirely. And yeah. that would probably be a good thing for their organization. But what we saw, yeah. got them Scotty Barnes. You yeah. know, imagine what that could do if you roll that over again. How long do you think before Pascal Siakam's traded? Or if he does get traded, I think he's going to be gone by trade deadline. I, I think that I think that's like very well could be likely that, you know, they're saying all the right things. You know, I want to be in Toronto. I want to keep building my career, et cetera, but it just makes too much sense. Right. I mean, he's yeah. a guy that you already have OG Ananobi and Scotty Barnes that, that play his position, both younger. Mm-hmm. I think OG Ananobi is a guy who lots tons of untapped potential and obviously probably the best wing defender in the league. If we're talking about wing defense mattering and no expanding mm-hmm. offensive game, I think Pascal is a guy who doesn't quite fit the timeline here. Um, so I think Pascal could definitely be a big name that could be moved and um, kind of added into this conversation with, with Ben Simmons and Bradley Beal. Yeah, I agree with everything you said about the Raptors. I mean, you know, just to kind of see the fallout from when they won the championship to now where they are now with, you know, Kyle Lowry leaving and possibly more guys like Siakam, who knows, maybe they move and OG Ananobi if they're able to get a, a first-round draft pick or something in that neighborhood. But um yeah, and especially when your GM it come out comes out and says that we're not trying to win right now. I think this is a great year for them to not be great and, and land another top, you know, top five, top seven pick in the upcoming draft because there's a lot of great players that continue to come out year in and year out. So um it'll be interesting to see where, you know, kind of the Raptors blow this thing up. 
um, and move on from some of their guys because I mean, what they're what two seasons now removed from winning the championship, three seasons. So, yeah. um, that that title is probably a little still fresh in their mind. So now it's the time to start building another championship roster going forward for this team. Yeah, and look, they have the infrastructure there with Masai Ujiri and Nick Nurse to yeah. they they have a long leash. I mean, I think. Masai Ujiri probably would be a unanimous, close to unanimous choice for the best executive in the league. Maybe, you know, along with guys like Sam Presti and Nick nurse is thought of as a top five coach in the NBA. I mean, I don't think they're worried about job security or trying to have to chase something now, whereas other teams might be under that pressure. Um, I mean, we could talk about a team that is under that pressure, the Washington wizards, where they have a similar situation with, with Bradley Beal, potentially wanting in, potentially wanting out. They bring in Spencer Dinwiddie, but to me, I mean, I just wasn't, I just don't see um, all this depth kind of translating into into really building the supporting cast around Beal and Dinwiddie that you need. I mean, I think people are excited about the depth they brought in, but like you know, KCP, Kuzma, th- these are guys that before they before they you know play with on this Lakers team with all this talent, you know, kind of an afterthought. And to me, I don't think it's enough to raise the level of this team. Now, depth depth can matter, but. Yeah, to me, the top end talent isn't there for this Wizards team. Yeah, I had the Wizards kind of in the same group as the Hornets, Bulls, and Knicks, um, and to, and those are the next four teams on my list. But um, what kind of what kind of put the Wizards behind some of the playing teams and the back end playoff teams for you? Yeah, I think number one, you're looking at a significant kind of roster turnover that you kind of brought in KCP and Kuzma and Harrell and. Also, you got to remember now you have a new head coach, so they might go through the growing pains yeah. of That's a great point. figuring out, you know, chemistry and, and how to play together. Obviously, you have the full off season, but then you have guys that are coming off of major injuries also, right? Your starting center, you know, Thomas Bryant, who tore his ACL, and then also Sp- Spencer Didwitty, uh, who's also coming off an injury. So, um, and again, the question is Bradley Beal. I mean, he said yep. all the right things that he wants to be in Washington, but if the right price comes along for a team that need, wants his services and, and is the all-star, you know, superstar in our league that can put him on a contending team and contend for a championship, you know, he's going to be gone. So, um, you know, if you kind of take off Bradley Beal off of this roster, I think they can probably be right down there like we talked about with the Cavs, Pistons, and Magic. So, for me, you know, having a new head coach and a significant roster, roster turnover kind of made me put, you know, the Wizards down there with teams like the Cavs, the Pistons, and the Magic and the Raptors. Yeah, that's a great point too about uh, the Bradley Beal situation because that's going to hover over everything. Yeah, and I don't, I still, I don't even see them. But like Bradley Beal wants to win, and, and even if yeah. his team really does come together, I mean, they're at best what like a six or a seven seed. Is that mm-hmm. is that alone going to be enough for Bradley Beal for the questions about Bradley Beal to to go away? I don't think so, right? Yeah, I, don't I don't see this so. team getting off to like a thirteen three start, and we're talking about them as a you know, top end team in the East. That 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 to me that situation is off the table. And you also have this issue with this team that they're kind of caught in between future and present, right? Because they're trying to mm-hmm. win now to impress Bradley Beal and keep yeah. him around. You bring in Spencer Dinwiddie, but you also have, you know, your Denny Avdia, your 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 Corey Kisper, your Rui Hachimura, younger guys that you know want to fit in on this team, and they're also stuck behind the like thirty veterans that they have on this team, right? They, they have so much depth and a lot of cooks in the kitchen, a lot of mouths to feed. So I could see this going south. Um, you know, I, I, I like the Bradley Beal, Spencer Dinwiddie combination, but to me, there just wasn't enough around it to vaunt them over some of these teams that I do like a little bit more. Um, anything else on, on this bottom five here? I mean, I'm surprised that we to- totally agreed because I think the 
there are after that bottom three, there's kind of a middle tier that you could yeah. have gone anyway on. Yeah, I think the final question for me is for the, for you as the Wizards. Let's just say, I think the the Warriors are pretty set up to make a trade for a guy like Bradley Beal. They have young talent that they can trade away. Would you trade away a guy like Kaminga, Wiseman, and you know a fillers or draft picks for Bradley Beal? Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. And he's the crazy part is that Bill is only still twenty eight years old, so he still has a lot of years left under his belt. So I think having a guy like Bill, Clay Thompson, uh, Steph Curry, I think that's really formidable for the Wiz or for the Warriors to get back to championship contending. Yeah, the crazy part too. I mean, Bradley Beal is he underrated? I mean, he he, he averaged the uh, what thirty one points yeah. per game. He's one of the top, he's one of the top scorers in the NBA, and he, he's added so much to his game. I mean, I thought I thought the Warriors should have been going all in to make that deal already. Uh, it hasn't happened yet, but that that question is going to linger over the, this season for Washington until uh, it's resolved, and it, it really won't be resolved uh, in, yeah. in a positive direction, right? You're, they're never going to feel safe until they put you know two other stars around him, and they're in that top four in the East. But that hasn't happened yet. Um, Let's go to the play in here. Which two teams did you have in the play in? So that's the 10 spot and the nine spot. Yeah, I went with the the 10 spot was the Charlotte Hornets and the nine spot. Shockingly, I went with the New York Knicks here. Um, All right. All right. Go ahead. What'd you have? I had the Hornets in the 10th spot as well. I think we're both a little bit high on that team. Yeah. Uh, I, I think maybe people would probably look at the Hornets behind the Wizards uh, at this point. I, I would go the other direction. So sure. I had the Hornets at, at 10. I think they can have a really nice season. LaMelo Ball taking a leap. If Gordon Hayward stays healthy, this team can be really good. Exactly. Uh, you know, and, and his health is not guaranteed. Yeah. But this is a good team with Gordon Hayward healthy. Terry Rozier obviously locked in and extended. I like this team a lot. And then... I went with the Bulls in the ninth spot. And I think this kind of reflects where we are on the Bulls. I'm a little bit lower on them, but what drew them over the Knicks for you? And um, I, I guess what what drew the Knicks behind the Bulls uh, to put them in the play-in for you? Yeah, I think that for the Knicks, I mean, look, they were a great defensive team last year, right? And I think are they, are they going to have the same type of intensity and the efficiency on the defensive end again? Is It's a big question for me. And then, I think offensively, I mean, you added Kimba Walker, but how healthy is he going to be, right? We 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 don't know if that the issues with his health or his knee are going to be fully resolved. And then Evan Fournier, I mean, are we really sold on Evan Fournier being the guy in New York to provide that scoring? I mean, he's a great he's a great <laughs> scorer, but then you know, defensively, when you bring in those two guys, are those two guys going to buy in defensively because they're not the greatest defenders, right? So. I think that the Knicks were kind of drew for some uh, regression and maybe some of these other teams that we talked about on our last podcast that they're on the way up. So um, that's kind of what put me with the Knicks, you know, down there in that play in tournament. I'm a little lower on the Knicks than most might be, but, you know, just for just for our, I guess, our our conversation piece, I had them a little lower than uh, some of the other teams. Yeah, and I, I had the I had the Knicks in the eight spot. Uh, no, no spoilers. But I had the Bulls in the nine. So it's, it's not it's okay. not a not, not a crazy difference at all. Um, and and to me, the, the I, I had the Bulls a little bit lower. I think similar to how what you said about the Wizards. I think they're going to take a while to gel. I mean, they have a lot of mouths to feed and kind of a weird roster, right? Yeah. With, with Lonzo, Levine, and DeRozan, hopefully all sharing the floor together. And mm-hmm. Boots is a guy who needs a lot of touch. I think it could take them a minute to kind of blend together. I think the offensive potential is there, but I am yeah. worried about this defense. Um, and 
to me, the Knicks uh, were just a little bit more solid. I think they, they come in. I think the defense, like you said, it probably will fall back a little bit. Um, but that I think they, they know how to play together. Um, and and bringing bring in Kemba and Fournier, I think I, I like that that's not going to threaten Julius Randle at all. And I, and I think yeah. I look for another big season for Julius Randle. I expect some regression out of him. But I think they can kind of maintain their level um, and, and be really solid home team as well. I think that's one thing that they can do really well is, is get this garden rocking at 100% capacity um, and the excitement around new around this Knicks team. I think it's going to be a, a fun season in New York. Um, so that that put me in that eight spot over the, over the Bulls. But I could I mean I see this as a, you know a two or three game difference. Obviously, um, you know with with one game in between. Any action that you took here on. Uh, Making the playoffs, uh, you know, I see the Bulls here minus two hundred. Yes, yeah, uh, plus one forty. No, uh, let's see what the Knicks were. The Knicks are minus one sixty. Yes, plus one twenty. No, uh, how about Charlotte? We have them at. I I I did take Charlotte at plus one seventy five to make the playoffs. I mean, you can okay. take a look at their roster, and I and I agree with you, Zach. Is that it, it's. It's it's a pretty good roster, right? And again, barring health, are they going to be able to you know buy in on defense because the offense potential is there, right? When you have Lamelo Ball, Terry Rozier, Gordon Hayward, who was on the floor, was very very effective for this team, and then he had the I think the foot injury that kept him out for most of the season. And they I think think the depth that they added with Ish Smith as a backup point guard, probably one of the fastest, if not the fastest guy in the NBA. And they also added Kelly Oubre. I mean, I'm not. I haven't been a Ubre fan, but I think having him as a kind of quote unquote insurance policy behind Gordon Hayward, I think is pretty good. And then you, again, PJ Washington, Miles Bridges, the one position that does concern me still is that center position. I mean, they did add Miles Plumley, uh, sorry, Mason Plumley, but there's nobody really after him behind them uh, in that in that uh, depth chart. And again, they uh, also drafted James Booknight, so it's going to be interesting to see um, where this team kind of ends up. Yeah, it is. And the development of LaMelo Ball is going to be really interesting. I mean, we saw Luka Doncic kind of vault his way into the top 10 players in the NBA in his second season. And to me, yeah. that's a guy that I think LaMelo Ball could be on a similar trajectory to. Uh, I don't want to put too much hype on it, but really, really high LaMelo Ball. So you had Hornets and Knicks. I had Hornets and Bulls. With that, let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back and we'll get to the playoff seating. Today's episode of the NBA Gambling Podcast read by Mint Mobile. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by big wireless providers, if we learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I first heard that Mint Mobile offers premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month, I thought, what's the catch? But after speaking with them and using their service, it all made sense because there isn't a catch here. Mint Mobile's secret sauce that they're the first company sell wireless service online only by cutting out retail stores. There's no crazy overhead costs that get passed down to you in the form of mystery fees. Instead, Mint just passes on sweet savings direct to you. For people looking for extra savings, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for just 15 bucks a month. All plans come with unlimited talk and text and high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number along with all your contacts. And if you're not 100% satisfied, Mint Mobile has you covered with their seven-day money-back guarantee. Switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month to get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free. Go to mintmobile.com slash sportsgp. It's mintmobile.com slash sportsgp. 
Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month. Mintmobile.com slash sports GP. Finally, we're brought to you by Odds Crowd. Are you the best football better in the United States? The folks at Odds Crowd are challenging you to prove it with their epic free-to-play fantasy betting contest. Each week of the season, there is a $350 NFL contest and a $250 contest. The boys here at SGPN are all taking part. So you can try to claim blagging rights over us, too. Here's how it works. Once you enter a contest, you check your bets against real odds and lines, much like you would with any pick-tracking app. The most profitable players rise up the leaderboard. If you have the highest profit at the end of the contest, you win. And Odds Crowd isn't just fantasy betting contests. It's a social app for sports bettors. Free to download. You can live group chat with other bettors, track your bets, set up private fantasy contests with your buddies, and much more. So download the app for free or go to oddscrowd.com today. Finally, the SGPN app is now live in the App Store and Google Play Store. The app gives you easy access to all our picks and podcasts. And don't forget to toss an app review and download the SGPN app today. All right, coming back off the break, Munaf, who were your four? I also did want to want to check in. I mean, I think different books do it differently for mm-hmm. the to make the playoff odds. Is that to finish in the top eight in the conference, or is that to make it after the play-in tournament already happens? I think it would have to be like a top eight seed, right? Because that that's actually when the playoffs yeah. like start one through yeah. eight. I think the play-in tournament is just an extra game just for ratings and things like that for the NBA. But I, I think. You might, yeah, I think that's a great point, Zach, but you want to make sure whichever book you're betting on to make sure you read the rules on yeah, on make to miss the playoffs because that, that's a great uh, point that you brought up. Yeah, yeah, you definitely, and I, I think I, I've seen it. I think I, I, I think I agree with what you said, but you definitely want to check in on that because it's going to be tight in this, you know, 10 through 6 area of the conference. Yeah. So you mm-hmm. want to make sure that you know exactly what you're betting. Munaf, who are your 8 through 5, so your first round road playoff teams? Yeah, so with the eighth seed, I went with the Indiana Pacers. Uh, seven seed, Chicago Bulls. Uh, six seed, I dropped the Sixers. And then number five, I went with the Boston Celtics. Okay, so we have some disagreement now coming in. Okay, um, there we go. I went with the I went with the Knicks at the eighth seed. Okay. I went with the Celtics as the seventh seed. I went with the Hawks as the sixth seed. And I had the Indiana Pacers up in that fifth seat. I'm mm. I'm stay I'm staking my claim on Indiana Pacers Island. Uh, yeah. Laid out the case in that Central Division preview. I think they are the ultimate post hype sleeper. I think the Pacers are going to yeah. be really good this year. So I had them up all the way to five. Um, like I said, the Knicks at eight um, and the Celtics at seven. I mean, what brought them up to five? To you are are you high in the Celtics going into this year? Yeah, I think I kind of like the offseason moves that they did make. Right, I think Kemba Walker last season for them was. You know, I, he didn't come back till about mid-January, and then when the season started around Christmas time, I think there was there was this time where they lost uh, a couple games there, and then they had the whole COVID situation. I think this was a team that was really affected by COVID a lot last season. Guys being in and out of the lineup. I think Jason Tatum is a guy that came out and said that when he got uh, COVID, that it took him a, yeah. a little bit to kind of get his you know win back under him. So, um, you know, they added Dennis Schroeder. I think this might. I'm not a Schroeder fan, but I think. He's going to have that chip on his shoulder to kind of prove that he deserves more money than he got. Um, you know, get Marcus Smart back, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. They get Al Horford back at that center position. And I really kind of like the guys behind them in, in this on this team. You know, we this is a team that we talked about in the summer league with Peyton Pritchard, Aaron Neesmith, um, Romeo Langford. They have, you know, good young guys that can come out and, and, and give you some type of minutes. Um, and then again, you know, Robert Williams uh, and his canter. So they have some great depth at that center position. And I'm really looking forward 
to seeing Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum even take that next step forward for this team. And then when you have those two guys surrounded by guys like Marcus Smart and Schroeder, like I mentioned, um, I think this is a rebound year for uh, um, for Brad Stevens now in the front office, but with the Boston Celtics. And I love the ho- uh, head coaching hire that they made with uh, Emi Udoka on this team. So, and again, Josh Richardson, a guy that can, you know, knock down three-point shots for you also. So I like what they did in the offseason. I think that they should be in that conversation of being a top five, uh, top five seed uh, in the NBA, or sorry, in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, very excited for Ime Udoka. I think that's he's going to be a really fun hire for them. And I'm excited to see kind of how they play differently now with uh, after the Brad Stevens era, you know, with this yeah. two-wing combo with, uh, with uh, Jalen and Jason. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen kind of in L.A. with uh, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. It can really work. Uh, you know, it can also be a difficult setup. And it's kind of similar to what the Rockets are going to try to do with KPJ and uh, – and Jalen Green having your yeah. two best players, you know, not be the point guard with the ball in his hands. I'm a little bit lower on them. I mean, I don't love the top end talent outside of those two guys. Don't even love, you know, uh, necessarily the fit of those two guys. Um, but they also are a team that's kind of seems to be consolidating some assets. They, they could be a, they could be a trade candidate too, a sneaky, you know, Bradley Beal candidate. Yeah. He's best friends with Jason Tatum, I believe, mm-hmm. or you know, at least both coming from St. Louis. So I'm not necessarily low on them. I had them at seven, which is where they were last year. They now have a similar type of season. Uh, hopefully, Jason Tatum does get healthy because you know he described it definitely being a scary situation with his COVID situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I had the Hawks at six. You had the Sixers at six. I mean, I, I'm also lower on the Sixers. I had them at four. They were obviously at one last year. Yeah. So you have them at six. I mean, do you see this Ben Simmons situation going sour? You see a trade coming in, not making them as good. I mean, what brings them from one to six for you? Yeah, I, if you kind of take a look at their roster, I mean, let's just take Ben Simmons off of the roster. I'm not very high on this roster, man. I mean, yeah, I Joel Embiid is a guy that, let's just say, I mean, he he's had injury concerns. He's been in and out of the lineup over the past several years. Um, but after that, I mean, Tobias Harris, he had a pretty good season last year under Doc Rivers. But after that, I mean, Danny Green, Seth Curry, uh, Shake Milton, uh, Andre Drummond. I mean, come on, man. I, I don't think this is a roster that's going to be able to compete with a, a top four seed in, in the Eastern Conference. So, And I'm not sure exactly where they're going to get from for Ben Simmons. I for sure do not think that they're going to get a superstar player in return for him because I don't think the, there's significant question marks on Ben Simmons now because of the performance that he had. His stock is at an all-time low right now, and there's not going to be a team out there that's going to give up you know, great assets or even a star player in return for a guy like Ben Simmons right now. So, uh, you know, who knows who, if they get a starting point guard back in return or if Tyrese Maxey kind of fills in that starter position. But I think this is just going to be too much for Joel Embiid and Tobias Harris to kind of carry this team as a top five seed in the Eastern Conference, where a lot of these teams that we've talked about, Zach, have gotten significantly better um, in this offseason, at least in the East, on the East Coast. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, they're also a Joel Embiid injury away from potentially exactly. like being a playing yeah. team, uh, and, and that that's kind of a scary thing. Now, the Ben Simmons situation. I mean, it, this is still totally unresolved, and it, it's really a fascinating situation. I mean, no one really knows what's going on. He's refusing to show up to training camp, but I don't think it's realistic for him to sit out the beginning of the season. Uh, the amount of fines that he could incur for doing that, maybe they would you know lay off the fining, but mm-hmm. they need if, if if Ben Simmons isn't going to be traded. They need him on the floor, right? I mean, they, they, they can't sacrifice that level of production, even if they only do return 
a package of role players for him. They need that type of player on the floor. Like you said, this roster without him is not that impressive until you bring in what's new. Um, so I think the, the the fact that they're kind of seem to be waiting for Damian Lillard is very risky because, you know, this regular season is going to be really competitive. Yeah. And if they don't resolve the situation and figure out who their team is, they could risk, you know, giving up home court advantage in the first round, you know, say goodbye to home court advantage in the series against the Bucks or the Nets, which is really what you need, what you want to have um, by fighting for a good regular season. So I have them at four, but I definitely, I, I see what I see your point there. Um, and then obviously I was really high on the Pacers. Um, sounds like you had the Hawks in your top four. I had them at six. Yeah. Um, I, I think to me, they're a little bit overhyped right now. I mean, they ha- kind of had a simple road to get to where they were. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Knicks, I think, weren't really as good as we thought they were and really n- nothing close to a viable uh, playoff team with how bad that offense looked. Um, and Julius Randle really could not handle that. Um, and, and, you know, squeaking by the Sixers, super impressive. Yeah. Um, but but I think we've all kind of seen the Sixers have deeper issues. Yeah. And the Hawks, you know, they, they really got Trey Young is elite. John Collins really stepped up. Now he's back in the fold. Kevin Herter stepped up. So I, I do like this team a lot. But to me, they're kind of right back where they, were at, where they were last year, right, which is in that four, five, six type of range. I had the Pacers slightly above them. I think really excited for the Pacers this year. But no disrespect to the Hawks. I had them at six. Sounds like you had them in, their, in, their, in your top four. So who was your four through one, your first round home court advantage teams? Yeah, I went with the Hawks at four. I went with Miami at three, Bucks at two, and the Brooklyn Nets at number one. All right, there we go. So I, I had the Sixers at four. You had the Hawks at four. But then same old for both of us, Heat, Bucks, Nets as the top three in this conference. How confident are we in the Heat being a great regular season team? I mean, this roster is now set up to be really, really good, yeah. right? And I, I just love what they did in the offseason. Um, and we also, I think the forgotten guy on this roster is going to be Victor Oladipo. I mean, this is a guy that the Rockets traded over to the Miami Heat where he wanted to be. And if he's healthy, biggest question mark ever for Victor Oladipo after all that he's been through over the past couple of years, he's going to be a great addition to this team, whether that's going to be, it'll just be interesting where he kind of comes off, if he's going to be off the bench or a starter, but um, you added Kyle Lowry with, you know, Duncan Robinson re-signing Jimmy Butler, P.J. Tucker, Bam Adebayo. The depth on this team is so good. You added, I believe, Marky Morris on this team. Um, Tyler Hero's still there. Like I said, Victor Oladipo. So, um, and they have a great head coach. Again, I think we we don't give Eric Spolstra enough credit for being the type of uh, head coach that he's been over the so many years for the Miami Heat since from LeBron days to guiding them to the NBA finals when they were in the bubble. Um, So I like the construction of this roster. I think, you know, Pat Riley and their front office has done a fantastic job of getting guys on this roster. So if healthy, and I think that this is a big question for a lot of these teams is that if Miami is able to stay healthy, this is definitely a top three seed in the Eastern conference. So I love what they did in the off season. Yeah. And you also had Jimmy Butler with a chip on his shoulder. Um, yeah. which I think is going to be awesome to see. I mean, I'm excited. And Eric Spolster with a chip on his shoulder as well. Um, and the other thing I think we saw for the Heat last year, I mean, they kind of they, they took the regular season. Not they, they didn't take it easy, but they were kind of up and down throughout it, won a ton of games late. They were 8-2 and two in their last 10 games of the season to kind of make this record look even better than it was. Yeah. But we saw in the bubble how much the lack of home court advantage for that top seed, right? The Bucks didn't have the home court advantage mm-hmm. in that series when the Heat busted their ass. Um, and then last year, you know, you go down 2-0, and it's just 
changes everything, right? And I think you're you're going to see how important it is, especially for these big these big contenders, to try to get as much home court as possible. And the one seed battle between the Bucks and the Nets is going to be absolutely fascinating to, to follow. You know, the Nets have that talent depth uh, of superstars who could maybe carry them. Um, but the Bucks will have to go pedal to the metal to get that one seed if they want it. They obviously won a game seven on the road last year, which is super yeah. impressive. Mm-hmm. I'm high on Miami this year, too. I had them at three. I think they're going to be really good this year. Uh, the, 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 what they did this offseason, you got to love. Um, and then the Bucks and the Nets at two and one. I mean, I, I could see this going either way. I think the Nets are a team that I could also see them. I mean, they, they were at two last year, only finished a game out of that one seed, and they kind of had a weird regular season even then with a ton of injuries, stuff like that. Yeah. So as long as they're healthy, I would have them at one. Um, is, is that that's obviously you see it as well? Yeah, I had uh, Nets one and Bucks two. I think the you know the signings that the Brooklyn Nets have with I think Patty Mills we've talked about. I think that's probably my favorite signing for the Brooklyn Nets. Um, you know, they added Javon Carter, uh, Bruce Brown is back, James Johnson, uh, and then you get Lamarcus Aldridge, uh, Blake Griffin, and Paul Millsap. I think that's pretty formidable. And then you know our guy that we talked about a lot, Nick Claxton, is he going to be the starting? Um, starting center for this team will be uh we'll see but you know i think that they added you know the guys that we talked about the veterans and griffin Millsap, and aldridge i think that's going to give the ability to not having to play kevin durant or some of the other guys so many minutes right because these are guys that still feel like they have something to prove and they want to win a ring and um you know it's going to be fun to see how when and if healthy the brooklyn nets are going to be able to compete in this uh for at least for a championship my question to you is that let's just say that the brooklyn nets are able to stay healthy that none of these guys miss significant minutes do you think they can challenge the 73 wins uh that the golden state warriors set as a regular season win record no i i i think they they could be a better team or they they could be just as good as that team mm-hmm. i just don't see I don't see the motivation to push for the 73 we win after how we saw it kind of backfire for Golden State. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I see them them going for that or, or a team trying to go for that as again. Yeah. Um, you also see kind of they're a little bit older, sure. maybe a little bit less joy uh, in the regular season, right? I mean, th- for the Nets, it all comes down to just getting uh, to the playoffs healthy. Getting to the playoffs healthy. So yeah. I, I think I think they could be that good of a team, and I think. The, the efficiency numbers, like the on-off with, with with KD and Harden and Kyrie on the floor is going to be absolutely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, they have so many options at, at that big man. I mean, they really have a ton of depth. Patty Mills, I mean, how many games is Patty Mills going to go like 24 points on like 8 of yeah. 11 for 3, just hitting wide-open shots? I mean, Joe Harris, you know, another guy legal in the regular season. So I'm excited for this team. I don't see them pushing the 73 wins, but I definitely think they go over that win total. I think they are, you know, firmly in that one seed and and go into the playoffs with the prohibitive favorite pending health. Um, and, and to me, I mean, they don't even need all three, right? I think they, they need KD healthy. Um, and then to me, it's like Harden or Kyrie. Yeah. It's probably enough <laughs> just because of how good KD looked. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, it's going to be interesting to see what KD can do as a, as a follow up to that act where. He seemed to kind of reclaim that best player in the NBA title and then goes right to Team USA, looks dominant on that stage as well. So big year for Kevin Durant, but that was that was a lot of fun running through that. Any, any final takeaways you have from the uh, running through this? Definitely really enjoyed kind of putting it all together. No, I think we hit the nail on the head. I know it was good to have some disagreement on uh, – yeah. And getting it, yeah, <laughs> and getting some perspective on, on where we think some of these teams line up. But um, 
Yeah, I think it's going to be a dogfight, especially for that middle pack there that we talked about, kind yeah. of that six through, or that five through uh, nine, even the even the play in tournament team. So uh, definitely excited to see how uh, this Eastern Conference shakes out. And I think there's there's been a lot of great uh, roster upgrades for a lot of these teams in the Eastern Conference. So man, just excited for the, for the season to get started here real soon. Yeah, pumped up for it. Very fun episode today, Munaf. Where can the people find you on Twitter? Anything else you want to plug for uh, NFL this week? And we got Thursday night football tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, what else you want to share with the people? Yeah, no, just look out for uh, uh, NFL. You know, I'll drop in an article for the Thursday night props. Also, Dan and I will be recording a show tonight. Hopefully we can get that released overnight to you guys. But other than that, yeah, find me on Twitter at SportsNerd824. So dropping MLB plays on there. Um NFL week two plays uh, or props will be up in our podcast and, and on the website. So definitely look out for that. But a lot of fun. One more bet I will be making for NBA as a bet to kind of sign off here. I think that the um, Miami Heat at 10 to 1 to win the conference is very, very intriguing to me. Okay. I mean, I think that that's interesting and definitely a good bet on the health of the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. Um, so there you go. 10 to 1 to win the East for the Miami Heat. For me, uh, you can find me on Twitter at NBA Zach B. Uh, definitely join us in the Slack channel, sg.pn slash Slack. That's where we got the uh, the fruit of that Vegas trip. We'll keep it going, keep the community <laughs> going. Uh, find this podcast, NBA Gambling Podcast. Check out all the podcasts on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll catch you guys next week. We'll do the exact same thing with the Western Conference. Catch you guys up on any news that we may have missed. Uh, and with that, let it ride, everybody. Basketball.